0: monday and welcome back to another installment of ball watching i'm your host one of your hosts jay koenig and i am joined in a, a little leather chair by co-host extraordinaire justin graham justin how we doing
1: i'm great this chair is definitely not leather but no it's I, not i, I, I couldn't think helped. of what material it was and leather was the first material
0: that came to mind it's kind of ridiculous that of was the, the thought person. process yeah. behind okay. that yeah we'll kind not of get not a good start we but, kind of, well, yeah, what kind of thought process
1: do you have for me today? Uh, so actually, instead of hitting you with like a, a question, like we've never really done, hmm. I'm just gonna hit you with three funny dad jokes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, first one. What do you call a bear in the rain? Oh my god. Uh, is it a type of bear? Can you give me a hint? Yeah, it's a drizzly bear.
0: I would. Uh, okay, drizzly's pretty good. Drizzly. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: What did the big bucket say to the little bucket?
0: Why so pale? No. Uh
1: you're pale. looking you're, you're looking, looking a pale? little pale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. There we okay. go. The, I got it. One, you're on the one. Okay. Um and then my last one. What is brown and sticky? A stick. Damn. <laughs> I
0: don't <laughs> ah, I don't know if I Look at this. I think it's almost some
1: embarrassing that you got these.
0: I You know what this is? By the way, for the folks listening, there's no answers anywhere here and and if you want evidence, <laughs> we can give you that. As evidenced by the first question, but I'm kind of I'm two for three on, on those. Oh, you're okay. One, I'm one at least half. one and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say one point seven five. Uh, but
1: it's not supposed to be like a challenge. You're just supposed to laugh.
0: You know what? I don't need to laugh when I'm winning, dumb. and I'm I'm laughing from the inside. Like I can tell you that right now. It's So dumb. That's 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 disappointing. Bring your better dad jokes next time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just, I'll just do a little more. Research knock these out my of the bad, park. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Well, what we did knock out of the park for you all today is. We've got an exciting little interview with a certain person uh, dubbed Mr. Soccer. Uh, If you don't know who that is, we will get into that in the interview, Um, but we welcome on a very special soccer stakeholder, extraordinaire, announcer, commentator, former player, national champion, you name it, he's done it, and you've probably seen him around here, but uh, we have a special interview for you to uh, round out most of the episodes, so that'll be on the way.
1: And his his knowledge base, just prefacing yeah. all this, was absolutely insane.
0: If you're not sitting, get seated, cross your legs, because it's story time. And take some notes. We've got some awesome tidbits and cool stories to share with you all here.
1: It was absolutely insane. The, the amount of facts that he has in his head and then stories as well was so cool to hear and just something that blew me away. Could have
0: sat for hours. Yes. Could have sat for hours. Uh, so... Awesome interview coming up, uh, and we will go to that right now. Well, welcome, Mr. Bill McDermott, to Ball Watching. This is a St. Louis City SC themed podcast hosted by myself, Jake, and Justin. It's, we're super stoked to have you on today. I mean, my pleasure. My affectionately pleasure. known as Mr. Soccer. Is this is this one of your first ventures? This is yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, it's the first time a MLS club has been here in St. Louis. I'm an MLS fan. I used to be a season ticket holder. in KC. Okay.
2: yeah. Oh, for DC United?
0: No, Casey. Casey, the, the rival, the rival down south. Yeah. KC, who at
2: the time, when they did their stadium, it was, it was the state of the art.
0: It, it's awesome. I do now, like their stadium. Now they're going to be
1: oh no, yeah, two. the new
2: yeah. one. Yeah, they'll market be supplanted, yes. not just because of the stadium but also because of the training facilities on the other side of Market Street. that everybody says, well, of course, McDermott's prejudice is in St. Louis. (laughs) No. The proof is in what you see. This is world class. On the surface of the stadium field, you could play a World Cup game right now. I don't know what the fields are going to look like in Qatar, but they're not going to look any better than this. I don't think so either. There are two grass fields, one artificial surface field, on the training venue on the other side of Market Street. Offices for all the teams, the academy teams leading up to the first team, for all the coaches, upper personnel within the club, uh, locker rooms, meeting rooms, So you've gotten rooms, the tour. Whatever. Where we can we can I have gotten yes. the tour. It is world class. Yeah. And the thing that differentiates it from every other team in the league is the fact that This is unprecedented. There is no other team in a league, irrespective of who it is, that has all these things in one downtown centralized location. It is absolutely astonishing. But if indeed this was going to happen in any city in the United States, and that is soccer is going to play a focal point of your overall sports panorama, if indeed that was going to happen in any city in the United States, it should be St. Louis,
1: the soccer capital
2: without any question.
0: I'm, we might need to clip this whole. This is
2: incredible. <laughs> that was now, are you we ready? I <laughs> don't know where the first soccer capital of the United States is St. Louis without any question. Yep. I don't know where that is right now Yeah. Uh, because there are so many people playing. However, I think this is positively true. And that is the birthplace of the sport is here in our city. Any degree of. Respectability, recognizability, uh, a newfound cachet that people might have after watching the yeah. 94 World Cup. Oh, soccer comes to the country. I've always been a fan. Oh, I watched the 66 World Cup <laughs> in England. Oh, I know Pele played in 58 when he was 17 and sweet. No, they don't. They have no feel for it whatsoever. And the 94 World Cup comes. Now everybody's a soccer fan. Yeah. But any degree of that newfound cachet that might be in the United States now is directly attributable to what St. Louis started in 1875 it is the birthplace of the popularity of the sport in our country st louis adapted if you will the world's game brought it to st louis yep. for its own farm of the
0: world's game I, I mean incredible i we might need to record this and put this in the history books <laughs> for the club somewhere because holy cow i couldn't have done a better job myself i think mean, i could have been reading that yeah. and i couldn't have done a better job myself okay bill well Obviously, you're super enthusiastic about the club. Very much so. We both are, too. We're enthusiastic to have fans and listeners of ours get to know you as well. So let's talk about the history of Bill McDermott a little bit. Take us back well, to your soccer roots growing up oh here in man. St. Louis. Well, I
2: don't, Jake, I don't know how much time we have here, but <laughs> uh, a I don't know how far you want to go. Long story <laughs> short, uh, the area, the city in which I grew up, if you were Irish and Roman Catholic, You played soccer, pure and simple. There were no select teams at the time, no academy teams. Are you kidding me? There were pure and simple and one team only, the CYC program. Absolutely. And that's how people grew up playing the sport.
1: And they still do today.
2: And still do today. Now, not to the same degree of efficiency (laughs) that the CYC is now that there are select and academy teams. So consequently, I grew up in St. Fulton Aries Parish in Walnut Park. That's right in the heart of North St. Louis. And we played various other CYC teams, all of whom you eventually majority of whom, I should say, you eventually played against either in high school or college. I ended up going to college with a goodly number of the people I played against in grade school and high school. But when we all got to St. Louis University. Uh, like Jim Cavanaugh, like Joe King, like us both, like Tom Strunk, yes, go Bills, go like Bills, like Justin and Jake. Yep. Uh, everybody played together for the same team, and when we won the NCAA championship in nineteen in the fall, yep. in the fall of nineteen seventy, there was the fall of nineteen sixty nine. Excuse me, I yep. graduated in seventy. Yep, uh, it was at Spartan Stadium in San Jose, California, and ninety nine percent of the team was born and raised in the city of St. Louis, which at that particular time, playing against various colleges, some of whom had an international flair, nothing like today, where almost every college, every college that I notice, because I announce their names, (laughs) went at St. Louis U. I see the various countries from which they come.
1: I mean, even for St. Louis U, back, what, probably three or four years ago, the team was the majority, I'd probably say 75% of us were... Or not us. Seventy-five percent of the team that I was on was international, and yes, and obviously you know from announcing all those boys' names when thinking about David Graydon and mm-hmm. Robbie Christo <laughs> and and all those Marco Haski. I'm talking about some of the older guys, but you know that.
2: Oh man, it, and that's become uh, the rule rather than the exception. A goodly number of uh, players are coming from anywhere in the world, and that, that's a fact uh, that has been well noted uh, in the short history of Major League Soccer, and that is uh, the majority, or I should say the United States is the only country in the world that is made up of every other country in the world. (laughs) And the majority of the people who come to the United States, their sport of choice, in particular, the Hispanic people who come to the United States, their sport of choice is soccer. All right, let's clear one thing up here. All right, we know internationally it's football. We know that we get that in soccer. It's in the United States where so we play. St. Louis is going to play in MLS, Major League Soccer. Okay, so for all the absolute purists <laughs> out there, we know it's football. We call it soccer. Yep. In the
0: United States. We're just a little bit different here. Just a little just, bit. Just different. a little.
2: And, that, and, and that's fine. But it is growing to be. This is hard to say because I didn't think I'd ever be Ooh, able to got say a hot this. Hot take Uh-oh. coming here. No, no, <laughs> this is hard to say, almost impossible to say that it is growing so much that I think it is a legitimate, an absolute legitimate alternative for the sports dollar in the overall panorama of sports in our country. All you have to do is look at the attendances at various games for yeah. Major League Soccer, NWSL, uh, appearances by the women's and national mm-hmm. uh, team, men's national team yep. at Bush Stadium, if no other place. But look around the country. Uh, It's getting to be a legitimate aspect of our culture. Mm -hmm. Maybe not to be ever as strong as it is in Europe or South America, but as opposed to the NASL, the North American Soccer League, in the late 60s, early 70s, this is dramatically different. And uh, 2022 is in itself dramatically different than 1996 when Major League Soccer started,
0: so you mentioned you mentioned NASL. So I want to go back there for a second mm-hmm. with you. Obviously, we've come a long way since then, but isn't that when your broadcasting and, and commentating career began?
2: It did, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is my 50th year. That's hard. That's, That's very the big five zero, big five zero. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. congratulations. There's, yeah. there's <laughs> no need to make such a big deal. <laughs> we'll make it a small deal. Uh, yeah, 72. I was uh, working at Saint Louis University. Was the assistant athletic director at the time for a gentleman by the name of Larry Albus. And Channel 11 calls down to St. Louis University and gives them this whole scenario that they're going to have an NASL game on Channel 11, St. Louis Stars against the Dallas Tornado in Dallas. And they were curious, because of St. Louis' status in the sport of soccer, if there was anyone around who would be able to, to provide color analysis for this particular game. Just just to be able. Yeah, just to that, be able. Yes. I'll yeah. raise my yeah. hand. I said, I'll, Larry Albus uh, brings this to me. I said, well, I'll by all means give it a go. I'm not that familiar with television. I have not have not done a live yeah. event on television. So consequently, for, the gentleman's name I was doing to play by play with was Frank Gleiber. Frank Gleiber was the, how, how should I, Jack, uh, he was the Jack Buck of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Frank was tremendously astute. At television and radio, and he was the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. However, didn't know me from Franz Beckenbauer, <laughs> nor did he know that much about the sports. Okay. Yeah.
1: Same, similar skill level, might, <laughs> just might not look the same.
2: <laughs> so it turned out to be a uh, turned out to be a very fortuitous relationship, because Frank taught me about television, and I taught him a little bit about soccer, and that's where it began back in 1972 with an NASL game, and since then,
0: no looking back.
2: You name it; it's been. Indoor, outdoor, college, pro, World Cup. Yeah. Uh, everything. It's got me around the world. I have thousands of friends literally because of the sport. Players, coaches, managers, personnel from the uh, various MLS teams. Did the initial league package on Fox and ESPN. For that, yep. Uh, from uh, 96 to 02. Uh, that was a great ride too, and then did a, a lot of work for the Columbus crew, yep. Houston Dynamo, sporting KC. Yes. Or the Kansas City Wiz when they were fir- when you they name first when they came into League. The Bill's Kansas done it. City Wiz. How is it possible? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then at least they went to the Wizards, but then right. they totally they, they gave that a yeah. total punches pilot and washed their hands of it yes. and became
0: sporting KC. Thank God. Yes it doesn't even matter what they're going to be called because we're, after we're done with them, you know, come March, March. I, I'm looking forward to a, a very friendly but hard-fought rivalry That'll with them. that
2: will be the closest thing to a a, a local Derby yeah. that you can get with Sporting Kansas City or perhaps even Chicago. When the Chicago Sting yeah. was in the NASL with the St. Louis Stars, there was a bit of rivalry there. Uh, there, was a, there, there were quite a few rivalries in the fact that Everybody wanted to play this team that thought they were going to be able to play, namely the St. Louis Stars, against these top international players who came over to our country after the sixty six World Cup. The two frames of reference, I think, for a lot of things in our country are the sixty six World Cup and the ninety four World Cup, and the fact that those World Cups were in English speaking countries. Yep. And it gave a, a brand new awareness to a, a, a bigger portion of the world. Yep. Nonetheless, a goodly number of the players from the 66 World Cup ended up coming to the NASL. Uh, the majority mm. of the players at that particular time, as opposed to the Hispanic movement in 96 for MLS, were a goodly number of them, were Eastern Europeans, a lot of Yugoslavians. Uh, for the St. Louis Stars, and Nar Parjeba, Rudy Koble. Uh, Willie
0: Renger, players <laughs>
2: like that. Exactly. And that's that's how goodly portion of the league was made up. But then the the eventual decline of the NASL, the North American Soccer League, uh, happened because the Cosmos, which were owned by Warner Communications at the time, got every player of consequence, namely Pelé, Franz Beckenbauer, Giorgio Kinali, yep. Bolgisevich, uh, Johan Neeskens, and the list goes on and on popular names, worldwide names. Yep. Now, with that being said, a goodly number of world-class players have come over to the United States to be in Major League Soccer. At the top of the list is David Beckham. If there is indeed going to be a, uh, a history of Major League Soccer written, one chapter should be devoted oh, to, to David Beckham. I remember when that happened, that David, deal that came in. but David Beckham. He changed it. It surprised everyone. It changed the sport because it made the sport front-page news Mm -hmm. because he was a global icon. And the thing that's not known about Dave Beckham, everybody just presumes after seeing him play for his various club teams and England in particular, uh, and also in particular, Manchester United when he was a young player, that he was strictly a dead ball artist. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, He carried his country on numerous occasions. I announced the game in 1998 in France when he was sent off against Argentina. The best game of the 98 World Cup, bar none. And he was sent off for something stupid. But he got caught doing it, whereas the Argentinian player, Diego Chamoez, I've detested him ever since because he precipitated (laughs) – Beckham retaliated. Yeah. He gets sent yeah. off. That happens. Uh, it goes to extra time. But Beckham is vilified at home. Vilified yeah. at home. Death threats. They're a tough threats fan to base. His family. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to salvage the World Cup to get into the World Cup uh, in 2002. The next World Cup for England, uh, and comes over and plays with various teams other than Manchester United. Right. You do not go and you do not play far and be in the first 11 for Real Madrid just because you can sell T-shirts and you can strike a dead ball. That doesn't happen. Uh, He's clearly one of the better players who who has ever represented England, and for this league, for Major League Soccer, uh, he's A1 with reference to all the magnificent players who have come over because he more or less paved the way for the current – modern-day player, to come over to the United States. Kalini and Gareth Bale, yep. most recently for Toronto, worldwide names. Do you think they would have even have entertained the idea years ago of coming here if David Beckham hadn't literally opened the door?
0: Go ahead, Justin. Do you got I some reactions say, to I, that? I,
1: I, can't get, I can't get it out of my head that I think you forgot more about soccer in the last 10 minutes than I've known in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just because I, I, I've inside. been around You've it. been around the game for so I've long. I've been around it right. so long, it's and uh, I've always –
2: uh, everyone has – I don't know if everyone does, but a goodly number of people have a niche in something in, that they really uh, love and they've been involved in it in their entire life. And it happened to happen with me mm-hmm. at a very young age and it continued ever since. And consequently, you mentioned the, the World Cup earlier, Jake. When yeah. you're capable and able to go watch World Cup games and broadcast them – and watch various teams from around the world and start to sell the idea to the United States that this is indeed the only true world championship because it is a country versus a country as opposed to a city against a city. When Cincinnati plays San Diego in a championship, it's the championship in North America. I'm sorry. I know the pedigree that's been built up <laughs> yeah, in the sport right. of baseball, but there's nothing about it that says world. Yeah. Because, and the, the answer inevitably to me will be right. uh, when I start on this harangue, this screed as Dennis Miller used to say, well, there's nobody else in the world who plays in that plays you now other than the United States. Nobody could compete. That doesn't make any difference when the Maldives Islands <laughs> and Qatar and, and gets yeah. awarded a World Cup. Yeah, right. So we're just trying to sell the sport to as many people as possible and
0: garner the attention that it does indeed have around the world. You know, you mentioned the sales part, and I didn't think about how you as definitely a St. Louis soccer kind of advocate and spokesperson, you kind of do a little bit of sales, right? And how you speak about the game, you're trying to turn people into believers, and I want to talk to you about that, but I want to tell you also, doing your color commentary you've mentioned and all the stuff that you've done over your 50-year you know, broadcasting career, give us a little bit of tips. So we're, we're some armchair analysts ourselves. When we're watching games, how could we like, – what are your skills or what things we pick up on to make ourselves better? Well,
2: first of all, uh, the, the main thing to do, Jake, is to differentiate between television and radio. Okay. Television, let it breathe. Let the picture speak for itself. We're dealing with... A, I'm not giving Gotta get my notebook top out. Pop secrets uh, here. Uh, well, we're uh, we're yeah. dealing with a visual medium. So consequently, let the people see what's going on. We do not have to describe every touch to touch to touch yep. to touch. Whereas... And radio, you pretty much do indeed have to do that.
1: I've told Jake that I think he'd be great at radio because he has the face for it. <laughs> Precisely, first and time I've heard that, believe me, I just I've heard that too <laughs> on numerous occasions. No, Bill, not uh, you.
2: So, consequently, uh, that's a that's a probably one of the, if not the biggest, okay. difference between television and radio. Uh, with radio, you have to be armed with other uh, pieces of information about the player. Uh, uh Carlos Valderrama well he he's a native colombian and he represented colombia at the world cup in 1994 boom but that's but you got that's not enough uh Carlos Valderrama making his offensive offensive presence felt how what's he doing tell us why was the ball so easily played up to the forward in the penalty area when Valderrama had it at the center circle, and it happened in one, two, three, four seconds with only two touches. How did that happen so quickly? So you have to be able to explain that yeah. as succinctly as possible, again, on radio, whereas you can see it happening on television. You can comment upon it, the beauty of it, on television. Yeah. Uh, another good tip is to pay attention, and you work out a rhythm with your partner, pay attention to what he says. Many times, uh, many times a play-by-play announcer will end his commentary by throwing it to you by asking you a question. Mm, yeah. You have to answer the question. Can't be In- too locked into the game that You have to show to the listener, to the viewer, that you are indeed paying attention yeah. to him who's sitting alongside him. Uh, know, know everything you could possibly know about every player now. That does not mean that you have a media guide. You open it up and say, "Mm, Brian McBride played his collegiate soccer at St. Louis University, was the all-time leading scorer, came from Illinois, not a native of St. Louis. That's not going to work either. But you have to have color about Brian McBride. Well, he played at St. Louis University. He was the very first pick in the 1996 inaugural MLS draft. Played in three consecutive World Cups. One of the all-time greats for the United States, number 20 Brian McBride. Stuff like that. Uh, We don't need to be reading stuff out of the media guide, but you more or less have to have the media guide here in some capacity or another. You don't have to know ad infinitum everything about every player, but it helps to have a little segment about each particular player, uh, do your research. If players have indeed represented their country, uh, how many times have they yep. represented their country? How many different World Cups have they played in? Have they made a significant difference in the outcome of national team games? What have they done for the sport in their particular country? All you have to do is mention Diego Maradona in Argentina, and the people, are they go ballistic, and they still... They still revere him, Maradona. Re, they revere Maradona most or, more so than Messi because Messi, believe it or not, has not won a World Cup. Yeah. So, consequently, Maradona is still the player in Argentina. So, that's that's a real brief primer yes, for any just, prospective just, just like fans out there. Take some
1: notes. Flip back a couple minutes and retake notes because I don't think you can get that all down in one switch.
2: Well, it's, and it's, uh, <clears throat> a lot of it is self-explanatory, too, when you're watching – The game, Now, believe it or not, a lot of it has to do with your broadcast location. Man, been in some rough places, which are really like the Cotton Bowl in Dallas when the MLS, when the Dallas Burn played there. You would literally be like this looking down (laughs) on the field. It was so high in the air at such a dramatic angle straight up that you were looking straight down. You go to the Rose Bowl, and there's a suite of production studios where you watch the game from, which is ideal. So, uh, the place right here in St. Louis, we didn't get, it wasn't finished, so we didn't get a chance to tour that part of the yeah. stadium. But since there is not a bad seat at Centene no, Stadium, right. there's, not, there's not going to be a vantage point that is bad. And by the way, another facet of Centene Stadium is that the supporters group is going to be very similar to a Borussia yeah. Dortmund home game in that it looks like a wall yep. of people. It is built – on the most extreme angle allowable (laughs) by construction codes so that it emulates Borussia Dortmund. Another thing, we talked just a moment ago uh, about the various things involved in the stadium, the practice facilities, training facilities, offices, things of that nature. Lutz Fadenshiel, the sporting director for our city, contacted various and assorted teams, Various and assorted coaches. If I named one coach, you would know him immediately. He has a world-class pedigree. Lutz talked to all these people to get their input as to what a training facility stadium should look like. Plus, he had his own mind made up before he came over here. He was starting to work on things before he got his work permit to come to the United States. He went back and forth with the architects. The owners, uh, the people involved in city, and they came to a final conclusion that this is going to be a world class venue, nothing like it in MLS, and they accomplished that. A pluses all oh, the way yeah. around. Oh yeah, it's incredible. All the
0: way around. A pluses. It's 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 a little slice of heaven for, especially in downtown. I feel like it's such a beautiful thing right Tra- there, Jake. That is
2: the key element in the fact that we mentioned this a moment ago that if there's any city in the United States that's going to have soccer as a focal point for sports entertainment in their downtown area well of course it's going to be St. Louis and now you're going to see it when you're driving by Market Street or when you're driving on Highway 40. The third practice field the artificial surface one is not as close to the highway as the ballpark is, yeah. the Highway 40, yep. but it's just about as close. Oh, yep. Yeah, So yep. people are going to see with the lights on at nighttime, with the young academy teams training, uh, and everybody training together, the first team, yeah. MLS next team, which seldom yep. if ever happens anywhere. Yep. People are going to see that and finally catch the notion and realize, yeah, this is, this is what I've been hearing about. And this is what St. Louis has been trying since 1996. Now, now maybe McDermott will shut up.
0: (laughs) I don't
1: think anyone wants that, to be honest.
0: How much of this, Bill, I mean, so you've been in the soccer scene in St. Louis for longer than most anyone now. I mean, consistently in soccer to go through the progressions i mean honestly i feel like soccer has been kind of a roller coaster and in, in st louis and in the u.s like yeah. you've got sparking popularity followed by declines followed by some up followed by some down 2017 i mean I, and no, sorry not 2017 2019 which was our first was that our decline or not our decline our our first um failure in 2020 when you to not don't get the, uh, the bid when you don't yes and when you don't qualify for the
2: Russia World Cup in 2018, oh, yeah. when you don't qualify for the World Cup from the CONCACAF region, uh, something something's dramatically wrong there. And the United States did indeed take a little dip then. Uh, St. Louis did as well, though, right? St. 17 well. and St. Louis did as well. Precisely. And there have been various teams that have come and gone from St. Louis, yep. starting with the Stars back in the yep. NESL days. Uh, unfortunately, St. Louis FC, which was magnificent to watch so much fun on a weekly basis out at the soccer park, Uh, a tremendous venue for that. Everybody coming together again, a community feature with a goodly number of players coming from literally all of the world mixed with some local players. And I think that's one of the real keys that's been successful for St. Louis in that the various teams that have been successful Indoor, outdoor, whatever, stars, steamers. It's always been a collection of international players and St. Louis players. Uh, and that's been a real key, it's been a real key selling point to getting the sport across to the various people in St. Louis. Some people in St. Louis still want to see an entire first 11 of St. Louis players <laughs> play for St. Louis University. Whew. I'm sorry.
1: That's over. Yeah. Yes, that is for sure. Over. That's long gone. I'll take a couple. I don't know. It's over. And we do get a couple. We just had eight. Yeah. Valzozo by plenty, by, plenty by guys, all means. That's, by and, all and means. They can, and, those guys can still compete, but pulling 11 from one city, you cannot compete. Not going to happen. Yeah.
2: Because people uh, are going to pe- people that may have more pedigree than you and maybe have won more lately than what you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as opposed to last year, because that team came together magically mm-hmm. and every star Every planet lined up, led by A.J. Palazzolo, yep, who sir. was an immense part of the team. But it's not 1959 anymore, despite the fact that St. Louis was the birthplace of the popularity of the sport, and in particular intercollegiate soccer, for what they did by winning with local players. The sport has progressed so much, mm-hmm. so much, that this is a meet United States St. Louis is a meeting place for all players and given every different type of level, too. And in particular, the higher levels as you start to try to get to MLS. Everybody comes to play this sport, and now in our country, and in some phases, you've seen it with teams like Atlanta and Major League Soccer, MLS is indeed a selling yeah. league, getting to uh, sell players of worth who have played in the league for just two or three years, but they're getting notoriety around the world. Yeah. And the league in particular is getting notoriety. Uh, that's happened for a lot of different reasons for most among which is I think, uh, and it's very obvious again, I think that's the soccer specific stadium. Yeah. And, and I'll give you my, my reasoning for that. When we started with the league package, 96, 97 on eight, those early years, we did
0: games in NFL stadiums. They're brutal. Yeah.
1: Colorado. There's still some of those floating around. They're still up in Seattle and Portland. Seattle does a good job selling theirs,
2: but you do. But every time you play in a football stadium means you're playing on artificial surface, which for me is a non go from the very outset. However, it's not going to change. That's the way it is right now. Uh, in Atlanta, they have a, mag- a beautiful stadium.
1: crowds. One of the sell <laughs> crowd sellout
2: crowds, and they're playing an artificial surface. Mm-hmm. Okay, just don't fight it. So be it. it it's not going to change. Arthur Blank's not going to put down real grass no. in Atlanta Stadium. All right. so, <laughs> no. So just let it alone. Uh, but the soccer-specific stadium has changed things. In that, any kind of well closeness – Our recognizability to the game you were trying to accomplish in the Rose Bowl, if you had a crowd of 25,000, which is very respectable Uh for soccer in the United States, it still got lost in a Rose Bowl. It got lost in Giant Stadium it got lost up at the Mile High Stadium in Colorado. It's
1: just when you don't fill it out and you could see that many empty seats it seems so much worse. And, and if eat? you can pack 25,000 fans into right. a soccer specific stadium, that is electric. The biggest thing you build there and I
0: think you're you're beating around it without saying it's the intimacy. The fans feel connected with what's going on. The players feel connected because they're playing in front of a sold out packed house. I mean, how and, exhilarating. And I think I think Jake,
2: a goodly portion of that is from what the average fan and sometimes a real veteran fan sees in the English Premier League. I Mm -hmm. mean, let's face it, there are magnificent leagues around the world. La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, but the English Premier League with reference to intimacy. Yes, you're right. That's the key word I was looking for. Those stadiums are all like that. People get hooked by that. Uh, The local derbies, the, the fact that this is... Their national sport. When those local derbies are played, this is literally life and death for some of the people who live in these respective little boroughs. This is, and then when their national team plays and some players from their local club go to play for their national teams, well, then they, well, a Chelsea fan may be a fan with Liverpool. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, uh, for a day, for, for, <laughs> no, for sorry, a day, ninety minutes. 90 if, minutes day. if they get an England shirt on, yeah, will be fans together. Yeah, exactly. uh, but people seeing the English Premier League on national television on NBC, NBC, yeah, it's incredible. In the past, Dick Erbersdob, who was the president of NBC Sports, detested soccer, <laughs> but he finally saw that you know what, we can't dodge this anymore. So it's either going to be on the NBC Sports Network, it's going to be on MSNBC, it's going to be on wherever. Yep. And yes, on occasion, on Sunday morning, it's going to be on NBC. Did yep. you ever think that soccer was going to be a on A non-domestic NBC4? league. Precisely, yeah. exactly. Not in the, in the United States. So saw finally saw, NBC finally saw, what a big deal, what a big event it, this is. And they always knew the fact americans are big event people
1: and we kind of proved that this year with the apple tv signing that we just did for 2.5 billion for the mls over the next 10 years say that
2: number again justin 2.5 billion dollars i'm telling you this is still a fairly young league it's it's only 1996 this is not a real real old league it's the second youngest league in sports right now second to the nba and you see the exposure they get. Yep. But to get that kind of money for a television package for this still young league, absolutely unheard of. But it's also uh dramatically evident that it is two thousand twenty two, it is two thousand twenty three. Uh you're going to get your news. You do get your news, you knew you do get information a totally different way. Mm-hmm. I I challenge you to find anyone your ages who sits down and watches television for news. That is, <laughs> yeah. Am I correct? That is not going to no, happen. Not frequent. He's not on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I got a Twitter for that. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> I will say with with that deal with Apple, I know we kind of talked a little bit about them possibly having some local color commentators. Is there any chance that you will be doing anything for City?
2: I don't know. Just, uh, uh, I, would, I would still like to. It's still, still far out. So I'm not saying still, that. Right, if you haven't right, heard right, it yet, right. we're still I, six out. I months would still out. like to. Uh, I don't think I've lost my uh, fastball yet, and and no one's gonna. No I would second that. Tell yep. me, no. no one's gonna have to tell me that. I'll know it. <laughs> I will know it. Uh, uh, Costas will tell me. Uh, I, I always seek input from him. He's been a, a valued friend uh, for decades. Tell us about Bob. Yeah,
1: well, he your relationship. Uh, I and how, how did the nickname come about, Mister Soccer? Uh, how
2: did that start? I think uh, a guy by the name of Rick Wallace. I don't know if you know Rick Wallace by any chance, but. But we did a show on KASP, down on Hampton Avenue, which at the time was the original and the first uh, sports talk radio station. And we did a show called "Kicking, Kicking It Around." Okay. 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 Uh, not. Uh,
0: I like it. It's it'll it's, it's no ball yeah. watching, but it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> not ball watching.
2: So he. Slammed onto the Mr. Soccer, and now the media is totally uh, taking control of it, and they call me Mr. Soccer. Okay, now if if the sport's going to get more exposure <laughs> by them, by people in the media calling me Mr. Soccer, so be it. That's fine. We'll yeah. it. If we can get more recognizability and more imagery for the sport, fine. Uh, Bob, Bob and I met when he first came to St. Louis and worked for uh, KMOX doing the Spirits of St. Louis basketball games. He was in uh, coming down the elevator in the Cam Wex building, One Memorial Drive, which is immediately adjacent uh, to that park. And that park separates the old Adams Mark Hotel and the One Memorial Drive building and the arches across Highway mm-hmm. 70. So I recognized his voice on the uh, elevator ride art, coming art down. I was Costas. I was in the building. He's Bob Costas. Just coming back from art school in Chicago, I was showing my portfolio to various ad agencies that, that was my real job by the way uh, soccer <laughs> is an avocation but i've been right. inordinately lucky with that yeah uh so i asked bob excuse me you don't know me uh my name is bill McDermott, so and so, on, so on. Uh, i announced soccer games and i know what you do i'd like to get your input if i show you uh some of my tapes sometime i'd like to get your input as to first of all the quality of it quality of the commentary uh how am i doing on television am i Given the right message, how am I interacting with my partner on camera, so on things of that nature. Yep. Goes, I'll be glad to do that. Now I don't know anything about soccer, you know, <laughs> but I can but. I can give you some keys uh, on what you just asked me, and we've been friends ever since. And that was 1973. Uh, he Fifty ha- years of friendship, essentially. He helped me get the World Cup job in 1994. He spoke on my behalf. Uh, he helped wow. me get a, a final audition with NBC for the Barcelona Olympics. There were three finalists, Steve Sampson, Alexi Lalas, oh. and me. And the play-by-play guy, I don't know if you remember this at the time, NBC was already making a big deal out of the fact that they got Andres Contour to do the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Duh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the initial the initial guy who did that, so they're making a big deal on that. So consequently, maybe the play uh, the color analyst wasn't going to be that big of a deal. But nonetheless, we all did the audition. Ebersol, Dick Ebersol tells Bob, he goes, "You're right about your friend. He's clearly, clearly the best at the audition. No, nobody was even remotely close to him. However, we're going to use Alexi Lawless because of his visibility from the 1994 world cup and there in a proverbial nutshell (laughs) is the television business so okay so be it uh so uh but bob's been a friend ever since what a
0: story and now a message from our sponsor are you in need of a st louis apparel refresh maybe an additional shirt maybe a pair of swim trunks Maybe your dog wants a scarf to wear for the winter. Lily. Shout out to Lily. Well, do we have the spot for you? No way. We do, Justin. And that spot is none other than our sponsor, Series 6. Series 6 is, like we said, an STL-based apparel and clothing company run by a local STL-made Entrepreneur and Sammy Maurer who we discussed and had an interview with her on episode 10 So if you want to get to know her better hop to that also on YouTube on the ball watching channel for those that want to catch video But Sammy has started this incredible clothing company in all honesty. The threads are fantastic Very very comfortable. She has something for everyone out there. I would say I mean for for breweries We got a B gear. I bought an awesome hat She's got blue stuff. She's got baseball stuff. She's got plenty of soccer and, and more soccer. Cuckoo. We got we got uh, some some. Wow, I'm blanking on the name right Battle now. Battlehawks. Yep, ba- is, is that confirmed though? Yes, I, I, she told us. Okay. So the. No, I, I know she's confirmed. I don't know if the name was confirmed. Oh no, Battle it's confirmed. Hawks. Okay. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Battle. So Battlehawks are back, and Sammy is the person to supply you with your Battlehawks gear. She will have some. I know probably coming up closer to the season, so probably later this year, early next year. The same to do with a lot more uh, city and soccer gear. So,
1: But, Jake, if you want to buy so much of this stuff, how are you going to afford it?
0: You know, fortunately, uh, the the folks, our listeners, our loyal listeners here on the on the podcast have a discount code. Wow. And what is that discount code, Justin? It
1: is ball-watching. No spaces. You can put it in online for 15% off, or you can go into the store and say it for 15% off. We will give you 15% off. And it's not just city gear. It's everything in the store. All. Use all gear. All un, gear. Load on
0: it. Online and in store, like Justin said, if you are checking out, just tell the person you want to use the code at checkout and save a whopping. One five percent. Fifteen percent off your purchases. It made it sound like one point five. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's not one point five, it is fifteen. So fifteen percent off all your purchases using code ball watching at checkout. Uh tell Sammy if you see her there that we sent you. Uh, she's an awesome sponsor, and we're we're so lucky to be aligned with a great brand and an STL local company. So go visit Series Sticks at the Boulevard uh, next to the Galleria or online. And now back to the
2: podcast. The two pillars of sport in our city have always been baseball and soccer, for longevity' sake. And with reference to the sport of soccer, that is not how many times have we mentioned it? How it's growing. Yep. And getting bigger part of our culture doesn't it give St. Louisans an immense amount of pride that all of a sudden St. Louis is back where it should be? We back as at the top of the sport because of what has happened down on Market Street and the fact that in the middle of a downtown area, everything is centralized and the players that are signed internationally are over here now playing already with some of the younger players, academy players, and they're going to be totally ready, not just for competition, but they know they have a feel for the competition in the league. They have a feel for the other players they've been playing with because they haven't – have community. happened already. Yeah. They have a definite feel that they've been welcomed into our community because we get and we know the world's game. So, consequently, it is your duty, it is your job – as a St. Louis soccer fan, if indeed you are a true St. Louis soccer fan, to go out of your way to watch this team play. Hottest ticket in town. Hottest Positively. ticket in town.
0: You've heard it here from Mr. Soccer himself. Bill, we thank you a lot for coming My on pleasure, the podcast. My pleasure, Jake. Thank you,
2: Justin. Thank, thank you.
0: you. Thanks, Bill. What a time. What an episode. Getting to talk about City and hearing from the lovely Mr. Soccer Bill McDermott himself gonna have to have him back on
1: I was still blown away like you said I' said the intro that we could do this for hours and we could have
0: no joke I mean the guy's full of stories he's been in st. Louis I think for all but maybe a couple years of his life and he's been in the soccer scene forever so uh, we'll see if he has a role to play with the club itself but uh, I don't see him taking a step back anytime soon the guy's full energy
1: no and I really hope that they do get a deal going with him because listening to him just today in our interview and listening to him at slew games it's just incredible and his his vocabulary is out of this world and you and you parlay that with his stories and his knowledge it's just insane
0: and he is also kind of mr world cup as well so we'll see if he has any role for the world cup uh if at the very least i know justin i would love to link back up with him during some of those games uh and and cover some of that and give you all some predictions and some some updates in the world cup as as that kicks off here no pun intended here in in november so uh thanks again to bill for coming on what an awesome time we had with him and uh, we'll be circling all back up with you guys here in two weeks on the normal schedule. Have, like we said, another couple of great interviews and great people we we have, you know, this, we've has, talked been a, to.
1: this has been an exciting time. Yeah. A couple jam-packed interviews and some really cool people in St. Louis. Stuff. Kind of
0: Christmas time for the ball watching listeners. It, yeah, we're
1: getting excited, dude.
0: We're 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 giving you all some gifts and we hope you're enjoying them. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, DM us, tweet at us, Instagram us at uh, ball watching STL and we're also on YouTube as well. Uh, I think if you just search ball watching, that's our channel. We're releasing some of our interviews, our guest interviews in video form as well for our visual people out there. And if you want to see us and get to know us better, shoot us a comment there or drop a like or subscribe. Uh, we'd love to hear from you all. Like we said, always yeah. loving to hear.
1: And if you need to get that link, you go to our Instagram page. We have a link tree there that'll take you to the Apple, the Spotify, the 15% off for Series 6 and also to the YouTube channel. Kind of one-stop shop.
0: And with that... We'll bring it to a close. Bye.
1: Thanks, guys.